Hello everybody and welcome to 38 Weeks to Go, your weekly podcast about fantasy football. Week 12 is done, so we now have 25 weeks to go. So, let's go, let's get into it. Day 1 was a very scary day. By the end of the day, I was very panicked. I thought, oh shit, we're having a replay of last week's game week. Son had started and done nothing. No Arsenal clean sheet, no Crystal Palace clean sheet, no Newcastle clean sheet. I was looking at my defense and it was like 1-1-0. It was a horrible place to be. So you know I was praying for Salah to do the business. So, let's look at day one. Spurs defense was looking shifty from the beginning. When I saw Davis, the left back was playing as a center back. And Royale, the right back was playing as a left back. I was a bit worried. Then, they scored within the first three minutes and I was like, oh, maybe the boys will be all right. And, For 90 minutes, that was true, at least on paper. In reality, Spurs deserved to lose this game. They were second best the whole game. After the third minute, after they scored, they did nothing. Wolves were dominant. They created chance after chance after chance after chance. Without their set defense and without Madison, Spurs looked like a different team altogether. So much so, I'm wondering if it's worth it to have Son anymore in my team. For Spurs, it was Johnson who scored off a lovely move. The assist came from Pedro Porro. For Wolves, Sarabia was the main man. He came on in the 87th minute. Scored one, assisted one. Cunha had the assist for his goal, and he gave the assist for Lemina's goal. Sarabia scored a beautiful goal. If you haven't seen it, It is one of my favorites of the weekend, if not my favorite. Lamina got the three bonus points. Sarabia got two. Johnson and Pedro Porro from Spurs got one. Wolves are a surprising team. When you think they're going to win, they lose like last week against Sheffield. And then when you think they're going to lose, they win. (laughs) I swear football is so unpredictable. As for Spurs, their team is just totally different. Ange can't play the ball that he loves to play, at least not yet. Maybe the international break will help people recover, but as it stands, Spurs are not the prospect they once were. Son failed to register a single shot on target, and something random. Wolves in the Premier League this year in 2023, 3-0 they beat Liverpool, 1-0 they beat Tottenham, 1-0, they beat Chelsea. Then they lost to Liverpool. They beat Man City 2-1. And they beat Tottenham 2-1. So they have a favourable record against the big six. Keep that in mind. Arsenal 3, Burnley 1. It's just the same old story. Burnley play a certain type of football. And they don't have the right players for it. They make many mistakes. And they're forced into many mistakes. And they get punished. And they do not punish, even if they create a few chances here and there. 
a routine victory for Arsenal. Saliba scored. He doesn't score too many, so this was good. Trossard scored. Zinchenko scored. Saka and Trossard had the assists. Brownhill was the scorer for Burnley. Trossard had three bonus points. Zinchenko had two. And Saliba had one. This game was a little bit painful for me because I had Nketiah in my team. Counting on a start and an easy victory. The victory was easy, but Nketiah came on, which was painful for me because he didn't need to play. I was wishing that Vieira got the red card before he came on, so that he wouldn't have to play, especially since I had Simikas on the bench and Palmer on the bench. Saka has only had one shot on target in the last four game weeks. Trossard is Arsenal's top scorer this season. Who would have thought? Burnley have conceded two or more goals in eight of their 11 games this season. So, always bet against them. Crystal Palace 2, Everton 3. This was a good game. These two teams have their dynamic players back and it showed they attack better, they move better. They're more of a threat. If you saw Eze play, you would understand absolutely everything I've been talking about this whole last few weeks he's been missing. He was immense. I feel like he was denied a penalty. He deserved a penalty. I also spoke about Mikolenko. And guess what? He scored in the first minute. Mikolenko Idriska Nageye, who I don't even remember when he last scored, probably 2016 or 2017. It's been a while. This man doesn't score goals. And of course, Dukure scored. He tends to be where good things are happening when Everton is playing well. Dukure, Mikolenko, and Harrison had their assists. On the Crystal Palace side, Edouard got back in the goals, and Eze got back in the goals. Lerma had the assist for Crystal Palace. No clean sheet for me, so Anderson was not worth having in this game. Lerma got the three bonus points. Dukure and Ganageye got the remaining two bonus points each. It was a good game. Everton definitely do not look like relegation contenders as they did earlier on. They seem to be playing a brand of football that is working for them. And we should start looking into having assets from them. Dukure, Mikolenko, Harrison and DCL are the favourites so far. Or if you want to be cheeky, Ghana. Man United played Luton. And they won the game 1-0. This is the kind of game where you're happy when you see that it is Lindelof who scored for Manu. Because you know not too many people were banking on the Manu defense. Well, except Onana. But outside Onana, very few people have Maguire. Fewer people have Lindelof. And especially when he had the haul that he did, you're kind of happy that very few people have him. He is not the differential that he could have been. Luton tend to have a goal in them, but this wasn't their day. Manu won 1-0, still unconvincing, but they got it done, and they've got it done for two weeks in a row. Maybe they're building onto something. Lindelof had three bonus points, Region had two, and Onana had one. So it goes to show that Manu defenders really carried the day. Hoyland failed to score. He really blundered with two chances. Rashford Hasn't done anything since game week four. So please, if you're holding on to him somehow by this point, I hope you can give up on him now. Random. Maguire is 4.3. He has started the last five games. 
He has three clean sheets. That's not bad value. Think about it. In spite of his reputation, he's doing well. Newcastle 0, Bournemouth 2. This was a surprise game for me of the weekend. I was so sure that I was getting another trip here. Nine points and maybe even 15 because he would have two assists. But once I saw that they had a 17-year-old in the midfield, I was a bit panicked, but I said, let's see what Eddie Howe has. I keep saying that we need to worry about teams that play in Europe because that readjustment doesn't seem to come easy for many, especially for teams that are new to Europe. Bournemouth were the better team from the get-go. They should have won this game by more than two goals. It's almost as if Eddie Howe either was just letting his old side win or the team just did not understand the team report, the team scouting meeting. They just didn't get it. Solanke scored two goals. He was dangerous. All our Newcastle defenders got very little. Very disappointing. They were just disappointing. Pope made like eight saves. He was immense. He did his best to make this result look respectable. And it did. I don't know if you saw the video of Trippier confronting the fans because the fans were having none of it. And he was making an excuse about lack of players. But it wasn't about that. They just did not perform. Even with the players they had, they just didn't challenge Bournemouth. Solanke had three bonus points. Neto had two. Kelly had one. And for his valiant efforts, Pope got a bonus point as well. Solanke is now the fourth best forward in the FPL. Six goals and one assist. And he's only selected by 2.5. That is a differential right there, guys. Newcastle have only kept one clean sheet away from home. And that was in that mauling of Sheffield. They have otherwise conceded away from home in every other game. Aston Villa 3, Fulham 1. If there's only one positive for Fulham, it's that they looked like they could attack, like they could create chances. Raul Jimenez scored his first goal for who knows how long, and maybe this is the beginning of something for them. Aston Villa recovered from the poor showing they had last week and played much, much better. Robinson scored an own goal that post that gave Aston Villa a goal. McGinn scored a really good goal. And Watkins finally is back amongst the goals. For those of you who had him, and I saw many of you did, I'm sure you were very pleased. For Fulham, Raul scored Raul Jimenez. And the assist was from Robinson, the own goal scorer. For Aston Villa, Bailey and Diaby had the assists. Bailey and Diaby, Watkins are proving to be still the best players to have in that team. Douglas Luiz, it seems his run is a bit over right now, but we shall see. Matty Cash, I'm still holding on to him. He's still a good defender to have, along with Luca Dean. McGinn had three bonus points. Raul Jimenez had two. Robinson and Watkins had one bonus point each. Watkins is having a great season. 11 goals and assists in the Premier League. Only Salah and Haaland are doing better than him. And he also missed an easy chance against Fulham, so 
he could have done more. Also, Aston Villa have won 13 straight games at home and Watkins has given returns in 10 of the last home games. So he performs at home and he's a bit shy when he when he has to leave Villa Park. Brighton 1, Sheffield 1. This was also another disappointing game. This was supposed to be a soft landing spot for Brighton after Europe. But they got a red card and that changed everything. They had gone up but they couldn't hold on to the lead. And the game could have gone either way. They were still the better team but they needed to score two because they always concede. Mitoma started from the bench and I think it was an attempt to rest him. They're not as strong as they were at the beginning in terms of squad depth and it is showing. A lot of people had anticipated Ferguson starting and of course scoring but he was nowhere near the pitch not even on the team roster for the day. <laughs> and in a horror story I saw that somebody had captained him. Fantasy stuff, especially when you try to be clever. Adingra scored a really beautiful goal, and I'm beginning to wonder if I should be having him instead of Mitoma in my team. The one-two he played with Bonanote was good, and that was Brighton at its finest. After that, I don't think they were ever that good again in the game. Sheffield are just Sheffield, and... They fought. They made it interesting once the red card happened. And through their efforts, they managed to force an own goal through Adam Webster. Brighton have seven injuries. I don't know how they're going to survive this. They just need to score, but they're not scoring. So it's going to be a bit tough. Although their fixtures aren't that difficult. So they have a chance to come out of this unscathed. Adingra got the three bonus points. Fodderingham got the two points. Gross and Igor got one point each. Liverpool three. Brentford zero. At this point in the day, I was still panicking because I needed Haaland or Salah to score because that was the only way my game week was going to be saved. And Salah delivered. The first time I bet against Haaland and it worked. Well... It was balanced because they both got the same amount of points. However, Salah is the first player to cross 100 points this season. So, if you still do not have him, just get just use a wild card now. He's already 13 now. He's already expensive. If you keep waiting, he's just going to be 14. So, just get him into your team now. Haaland, Salah, just, let's just go. Close your eyes. Do it. Salah had two goals. Nunez had two goals disallowed. Rightfully so. He was offside for both of those goals. As this game was going on, I was praying that Mitoma doesn't come on because I had Simicus on the bench. Simicus had two assists. Finished the game with 15 points because they kept a clean sheet. So painful. That's the highest bench points I've had this season. A combination of him and Palma on the bench gave me 21 points on the bench. Oof, that's painful. I could have finished with close to 80. Shit, no. I would have finished well above 80. Okay, okay, let me just move on. That's painful. Brentford was second best. Bumo had a really, really good chance. He had a really, really good chance. But he fluffed it. 
I don't know what he was thinking. He could have given us points, but uh, maybe the occasion was too big for him. He just he just really fumbled. I don't know what he was thinking. Salah had two goals, and Jota had the other goal. Simikas had two assists. Nunez had the assist for Liverpool. The other assist. Gakpo wasn't on the bench or anything. I don't even know if he's injured. Maybe he's having a kid or something. But for whatever reason, it seems like Nunez is a starter now. So if you're one of those people who was waiting for some stability, I think we are being answered right now. Fun fact, Darwin Nunez has provided seven assists in the Premier League. All seven assists have been for Salah, so they make a good one-two punch. Salah is having a great season. He's recorded a goal involvement for the 15th Premier League home game in a row. So just get him into your team. That's all. There's no shame in losing to Liverpool. Brentford will just have to pick themselves up and just look forward to next week. That's all. Salah and Simikas both had three bonus points. Trent had one. West Ham three. Nottingham Forest two. I was just talking shit about James Ward Prowse the other day saying he had disappeared and he returned with two assists. Set pieces were key in this game and Bowen and Susek scored both of their goals off headers from James Ward Prowse's foot. Paqueta scored the other goal, which was coincidentally the first goal of the game. For Nottingham Forest, two people have been recommending performed. Elanga and Awoniyi. Ola Aina had an assist, and this is the second game in a row where he's had an assist. Gibbs White had the other assist for Nottingham Forest. I feel like West Ham really stole this victory. I thought Nottingham Forest were the better team, but football only rewards the team that scores the most goals. Ward Prowse had three bonus points, Paqueta had two, and Bowen had one. I have seen that in the group. Most of the people who did well had Bowen in their team as well. He has scored eight goals this season, and I feel embarrassed to say that I have not had one of those goals. Ward Prowse created the most chances this game week with five. Two big chances and he provided two assists. He has now provided five this season. And now we move to the last game. We have saved the best for last. Man City 4, Chelsea 4. I have been telling you guys that Chelsea play hard. They seem to know how to raise their level when they need to, when they're playing a big game. For those of you who watch basketball, it's like if Jimmy Butler was a team, he'd be Chelsea right now. I hadn't anticipated Haaland scoring in this game because he has a poor record against the top six, Liverpool in particular. And so I'd gone for Salah since he had the easier game. Haaland scored two goals, a penalty, and some sliding tackle type thing, which he sort of went into the goal with, you know. Akanji scored a goal, and Rodrigo scored a goal. 
In fact, when Rodri scored, I was like, oh no, this game is over. But then a foul happened and Palmer scored the last goal for Chelsea against his parent club. Palmer has scored four penalties now for Chelsea. Nicholas Jackson has scored again for the second game in a row. What's happening? Sterling scored and Thiago Silva scored a beautiful header. No keeper could have saved that. Gallagher has been very solid in the midfield. He has been creating. He had two assists in this game. Broja had an assist. He was the one who was felled for the penalty. And James scored. For all of us who had Alvarez, he had an assist. We're thankful. <laughs> Bernardo Silva and Haaland had an assist as well. Cole Palmer has been a great signing for Chelsea. As a Chelsea fan, I won't lie, I was super skeptical of his signing. And it didn't make sense. 40 million plus for this guy. But he has scored or assisted seven goals in his last six games. However, of course, like I said, he has scored like four penalties. So there's that. There were three clean sheets this weekend. Manu, Bournemouth and Liverpool. Looking at the points earned this week, when it comes to goalkeepers, Neto had nine, Onana had eight, Becker, Alisson that is, had seven, Fodderingham had five, and Pope had four. Random. Fodderingham has made the most saves in the Premier League this season, but that's also because he's peppered with shots almost every other game. In defenders, Simikas has 15 points, Lindelof got 15 points, Zinchenko had 10 points, Saliba had 9 points, and Mikolenko had 9 points. For midfielders, Salah had 16 points, Trossard had 13 points, Dukure had 11 points, James Ward-Prowse had 11 points, and Sarabia had 11 points. Midfield was really strong this round. Looking at the forwards, Haaland had 16 points, Solanke had 13 points, Raul Jimenez had 8 points, Watkins had 6 points, Edward and Awaniyi were tied for 5th with 6 points. And now, the moment we have all been waiting for. Looking at our league table, Leon Mortier stays at number one with 788 points. He is just seven points ahead of Simonani Drua. Goodness gracious me, Leon is still running. Number three is Don Botlet this year, led by Alex Mutune with 769. He's roughly 12 points behind number two. Alex Mutune has 95 points. He is our top tally manager this week and I will be seeking an interview with him soon. If you remember two weeks ago I kept saying that I really loved his team and it seems like it has bore fruit. Mutune displaced Vexity who had 80 points and now is number four and is eight points behind number three. Number five is Mato FC and he's about 42 points behind number four. 
So number one to four are really breaking away. At the bottom of the table, Enter the Wu is still at the bottom, but he's now only six points behind number 20. Number 20, he sleeps through storms. I think he slept through this weekend. He did not change his team and he's sleeping through fantasy. He does not have Holland or Salah in his team. So 37 points was the best he could do. I'm sure he will remedy that situation soon. Number 19 had 73 points. So at the bottom, we have 560 points. Then number 20, 566. Number 19 has 597. And so you can see there's a gap between number 19 and 20. And then between number 18 and 19, there are four points. Jeremiah O'Berry, who I had spoken about last week, the man who's just left his team to be, I will tell you for free, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 10 players had 0 in his team. No, you do not mishear that. 10 players had 0 in his team. That is the power of Haaland. Literally, 1, 2, 3, 4 players played in his team. 4 players played in his team and he got 50, 54 points. Like he beat number 20 who had everybody play. That is the power of Haaland. Number 17 is the Mount Freemasons. So they have 603 points. Number 18 has 601. And number 19 has 597. So, and then between them and, and now I guess mid-table is 30 points. Because number 16 has 634 points. So their battles at the top, in the middle, at the bottom. 8 out of 10 people in the top 10 have both Salah and Haaland in their team. So if you want to catch up with the top 10, you need to get those two players in because you can't afford to lose those points. Looking at the teams, Dark Horse managed by LED, number 13, had a very interesting team. With both Mikelenko and Simikas, he's a man who's making decisions, the differential decisions to make it well done. Well done. I saw Mr. Tommy had brought in Doku after his 22-point haul. This week he has zero. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's so painful. Doku, I told you guys. That's what would happen. Doku. And I'm sure next week he'll do the opposite. It is international break. And therefore, do not make any rush changes to your team. Because as you know, there could be injuries. I will make a preview for game week 13 as we get closer. And in between then, I will do my best to get an interview with Alex Mutune. Until the next one, well done on recovering from last week. That's the importance of taking it one week at a time. You always have time to change. So have a great week, guys. See you soon. Bye bye.